This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Dylan, Mr. Jones, thank you to the crew who joined me in the studio before to do the In Your Face. Hard to believe I've been doing that live with Matt and, uh, well, quite a few people really have been coming into the studio with me over the years to do it, but I had about six 3CR crew members coming since 21 years since I've been doing the show today. So thank you to all the wonderful people I've been working with, especially Yvette and MV. They are just fantastic. Yvette's away today. Uh, MV's at home listening. Love your work. Got some great guests on the show today, beginning with Terry Gench about Insert Self Here, which is a queer arts festival that's taking back queer public space in Castlemaine. It's a happening thing tomorrow week, the 19th of May. And it follows on beautifully from Ida Hobbit, the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Intersexism and Transphobia, which is on May 17. We'll be talking to Lucy Foley from Queer Space all about a big event that's happening at Fed Square Thursday evening in relation to that and uh, lots of performances, spoken word stuff, Q&As. It's a great celebratory event. So stick around with me, James, for the next hour here on In Your Face. All right, this track's for MV, one of their favourites. It's Madonna, Girl Gone Wild. Oh, my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee. And I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pain of hell. But most of all, because I love thee and I want so badly to be good. Good, good.
Gone wild. That was for MV. It's ten past four. You're on in your face on three CR with James. Well, insert self here is a queer festival in Castlemaine here in regional Victoria. It's on Saturday week, tomorrow week, and it actively challenges homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia. On the line, we have actor and uh, writer and poet Terry Gench from Insert Self here to discuss the festival. Welcome, Terry. Welcome to three CR. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Good. Uh, let's start with how the festival challenges homophobia, biphobia and transphobia in the rural community of Castlemaine where it takes place. Has there been any backlash or has the community embraced it? They've embraced it. This is our second year and we had a really great turnout last year. We only sort of have three core events that happen over the course of a day usually and um, under various headings. And last year, I think we got about 1,250 people to those. So that was pretty significant for a first year. Um, This is the second year. We're hoping to attract more people, but people seem really into it. And there wasn't this space available before. We're fundamentally about challenging homophobia, biphobia and transphobia by creating queer public social space that doesn't happen sort of as organically as it might in the city and regional areas. And I'm guessing it's no coincidence that your event's just a couple of days after Ida Hobbit. No, we, we, we kind of planned it that way. So uh, we'd sort of be happening, the it'll be the Saturday following or the Saturday of, as it will transpire at some point. Um, yeah, so we wanted to tie in with that um, message of challenging uh, discrimination, homophobia, biphobia and transphobia, um, because that was basically at the heart of Ish as well. And this year it's worked out really well because we're raising the rainbow flag for the first time on the 17th this year. It was a big fight with council last year. Really? They um, resist? They said no to putting it up um, and gave us no support during the postal survey. There were lots of reasons why. I'm not sure that any of them were adequate, but they have agreed to put it, let us put it up for a few days this year. Um, they've developed a new flag policy, which has sort of come out of this whole process. Um, so there are all these caveats still attached to it, but we're taking it as a good win for the community and we're getting as many people along as we can to kind of celebrate that win because people fought very hard and it was a very difficult time given the postal survey and then to kind of, you know, sort of have that um, 
uh, lack of support so sort of visible and um, present in the local community at the same time was really, really upsetting for a lot of people. So this is a way of kind of addressing some of the harm and um, hopefully repairing that relationship with council, I think. Do you think council changed its minds because the postal vote win actually legitimised, further legitimised the LGBTIQ communities? Look, I don't know that their minds have been changed too dramatically. I mean, they obviously understand now that the community would like to see it and that perhaps not putting it up caused more harm than would otherwise have been caused. So I think that it's partly addressing that harm. Um, The Postal Survey was used, you know, um, to to deny lots of things last year. I mean, there were arguments around it being too political, so we won't put it up for that. But the the fact of the matter is we asked for it to go up over 17 months ago and only ever to go up to challenge homophobia, biphobia and transphobia. So the argument and the framing they had for not putting it up actually didn't sit with what we'd asked. Um, Yeah, so there were lots of excuses, I think, uh, during the postal survey. And I think the climate during the postal survey, that kind of permissibility around homophobia, biphobia and transphobia enabled people to trot out some pretty poor excuses for not being supportive. I'm amazed to hear this because Castlemaine is known as being a very progressive community and has been known for that since the 70s. Yeah, Um, it's look, it's Every time I speak about it to someone who doesn't live in the town, uh, I, the comment I get back is, Castle, Maine. And I'm like, yeah. So, it's but a look, place to move it's... to in regional Victoria. I mean, so yeah. many people from the city, so many queer people are going there. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and look, and I think to some extent it comes down to individuals um, who have that power and perhaps where their minds are at around an issue. So, um, but I, I can honestly say prior to us bringing this up and having this sort of tussle with council, we were not even in their consciousness in any way, I don't think. So this has now put us and the issue in their heads so we can move from that point and, you know, take um, greater steps and strides towards, you know, really seriously and uh, addressing the issue in, um, in a considered way, in a fully considered way, I think. So, Terry, how would you describe the queer community in Castlemaine? Because I hear it's vibrant. It is vibrant, but I have to say, again, there's not a lot of queer public social space. So, and and really, one of the things, one of the reasons I kind of started Ish was because, as a a queer man, I, I wasn't going to many events where I kind of saw my own lived experience reflected back to me or affirming me, you know, in those social settings. Um, so I wanted to see about creating some of that space. And what's been really great, and I think the Postal Survey did help a bit with this because we had some queer public social gatherings around that. I met queer people in town I'd never seen before and never met before. Um, some, there are kind of some queer groups that kind of meet quite regularly in town, but it's kind of um, a private social kind of thing, and it's been going on for years in the town. But to actually have queer public social space, which every you know space everyone can be invited into, um, that hadn't really existed in a big way before. And as a result of the postal survey, we then had a Glittering Goldfields queer formal in December. It looks like there'll be another one this year. We just had a Castlemaine Pride event a couple of weekends ago. And of course, we've got Bendigo Queer Film Festival and Chill Out happening in the region, as well as Ish. So in the matter of a year, it's really increased. And I think the postal survey activated a lot of people around the idea of creating queer public social space. 
So how does Insert Self here actually create queer public space in, in a country town like Castlemaine? Because it's really mostly a city phenomenon, isn't it, queer public space? Or to date it has largely been? Yeah, pretty much. We do it basically through arts events. So, and we, as I said, we do three core events over the course of a day and we call them bookish, lookish and live-ish. Yeah, tell us um, about them. Well, uh, the ones this year, uh, the look, bookish event is uh, sort of a literary panel and it's all about queer pulp fiction. So we've asked our speakers to select a queer pulp fiction cover and speak to it in whatever fashion they want. They can um, revel in the wrongness of it or write it somehow or um, you know approach it academically if they want to do that and unpack it. Uh, then we have a sort of visual arts component as well that's called lookish and we're showing a... Um, an, art documentary short film called Secret and Divine Signs, a cinematic ode to the art of cruising. So we're And we're kind of trying to make it a cruising-inspired kind of viewing of that film, and it's taking place in the old goods shed, which is a big brick warehouse by the rail station. Because you have amazing architecture in Castlemaine. It's got that yeah, goldfields history. Yeah, we have great buildings, yeah. Um, and, and look, and we have access to a lot of them too, which is great uh, for performance and for events. And because we have the Castlemaine State Festival, which uses a lot of those spaces as well. Those spaces are then available to um, other members of the community for performance and whatever at other times. So, um, And they're known to be used and good spaces to uh, uh, screen things in or perform in. And the live event that we have this year is Have You Never Been Olivia, which is just... <laughs> it just happens to have coincided with all this other Olivia stuff. We didn't plan it that way. Um, and it's really just about having fun. It's a cabaret costume party and dance party as well. And we've got a number of kind of uh, performers from Melbourne coming down. Wes Snelling, Mama Alto, Yana Alana will be there as well as um, some local performers too. Uh, and we really just wanted to have a live event that was fun because last year was so difficult and so hard. So we just wanted something really celebratory for the live event this year. So, Terry, you're a poet, you're an actor, you're a writer. Your first book, Boy, was published in 2001. Will you be performing at Insert Self here? Look, I don't think so this year. Last year, because um, it was our first year, and we kind of work with little to no budget. We try and make our events, self, our events self-sustaining, so whatever money comes in goes directly back into them or pays for them and pays for our artist honorariums. So last year, because I'm cheap, I don't cost anything to use. I emceed and did speak at one of the events. But this year, I'd really like it to be the artist. Um, and it, you know, it's less work for me. I've got other things to do running around, um, uh, making sure everyone else is okay. So it'll be a pleasure not to have to do anything this year and just enjoy everybody else. So what attracts you to Castlemaine? How did you end up there? Um, look, I'd wanted to live out of the city for some time. I, I had lived in Dalesford for a couple of years, so I kind of knew what it was like to live outside of the city. And um, I think you do tend to hold on to this adolescent notion with the city, particularly if you've come from the country to the city, which I did uh, when I left high school. You hold on to this adolescent notion for quite some time that the city provides you with everything without actually realising there's a lot there that you don't actually need either, that you're maybe subject to or suffering in some way. So, um, and look, I just like the open space. I love the landscape here, a kind of undulating landscape. Um, the lack of noise. Noise is the first thing I notice when I get back to the city. But also, I go back to the city quite a bit for work and um, events and um, sort of, I, and I have good friends there, obviously. Um, but I go back there with more purpose and in a more considered way and kind of enjoy my time there um, and probably enjoy it more because I will leave it at some point.
<laughs> and come back here. So, Terry, if people want to rock along to insert self here in Castlemaine next Saturday, like, what can you say to entice them to, to go there? Like, you know, what, 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 can you, what can you say is the selling point, the big selling point as to why they should go? Well, I think the town itself. I mean, aside from our events, which I think are, are kind of great events and people should come along and the artists that we have kind of performing and speaking at them, the town itself is just beautiful. Um, and the people are really welcoming. And, you know, counter to this kind of stoush we had with council and the perception that might have created for some people, it is a really open town. It's a really pleasant place to be. It's a beautiful landscape um, and, uh, uh, yeah, a really welcoming place. And, uh, you, you know, I came here for a festival, the Castlemaine State Festival, uh, about nine years ago, and that's what made me decide to live here. And that quite often happens. Um, so we're hoping that Ish will be a part of that as well and, you know, help with that movement of some people from the city to Castlemaine as well and add to the vibrancy of the town. Do you think Castlemaine's becoming the new Dalesford? Look, to some extent, yes. I hope it doesn't, though, because to, having lived in Dalesford, I, I think it's tipped over the edge a bit in terms of the tourist trade. Um, it feels a bit like a theme park when I go there now. Um, it doesn't seem quite real, although it's quite beautiful. It's a lovely place, Dalesford, but Castlemaine isn't in that space yet. And, you know, there are a lot of people that um, kind of live and work here in the town. Um, the venue owners of the Theatre Royal, where we'll have the um, Olivia event, are very conscious about the kind of culture they want to create in the town, um, you know, as are a lot of other people. So, you know, there's kind of a desire to kind of get all our heads together and try and cultivate, quite actively cultivate, what we want to see happen here, what we want the t feel of the town to be, and what we want the invitation into the town to be for others. More and more people seem to be moving to Castlemaine for the tree change. Is there much yeah. conflict in the community about that? Is it happening too quickly for some people? Look, I think always with um, small towns, um, and I grew up in a small town for the, my last few years of high school, there, there are people that are kind of set in their ways and want the t t town to stay the same and not change. Um, but that's just not realistic because the way the world works is that things change and grow over time. Um, but I think there's a really good mix of both here, and I actually think it's really healthy to be in a space where you're not um, sort of kept away from other ways of being and doing in life as well. I think it's really important that difference is a part of a community as well and difference is kind of honoured and celebrated because that's what we're asking too. Um, we want that to be. We want our difference to be valued and understood and seen and visible and supported. Um, in, in as much as we'd like to see that for other people as well, whether we share the same view or experiences on everything or not doesn't really matter. But that everyone is valued is the thing. Terry Gench, thank you so much for talking to me today on In Your Face, and best of luck with Insert Self here. Uh, I'm assuming there's a web address people can go to for more details. Yeah, it's www.insertselfhereish.com. Awesome. Terry, it sounds like a great festival. Thanks heaps and best of luck. Thanks so much, James. Cheers. Terry Gench there from the wonderful festival in Castlemaine, creating queer public space. It's called Insert Self Here. It's 24 after four. You're on In Your Face on 3CR, and here's Marvin Gaye with Kim Weston.
During the 3CR Radiothon for 2018, Spoken Word presents an evening of live poetry featuring the outstanding talents of Jennifer Compton, Andy Jackson, Tariro Mavondo and Kylie Supsky, plus an open mic recorded for broadcast on 3CR, Tuesday 15th of May from 7pm at Grub Food Van, 87 Moore Street, Fitzroy, and all proceeds go to 3CR Community Radio. Help keep independent, progressive voices on the air. Put on 
Making great music, Cindy Lauper there. Give it up. It's just after four thirty on In Your Face on Three CR with James. We also had uh, Kim Weston and Marvin Gaye in there with their take of It Takes Two. Up real soon, I'll be talking to Lucy Foley from Queer Space, all about the International Day against homophobia, biphobia, intersexism, and transphobia. There's a big celebration happening at Fed Square on Thursday, May seventeen. We'll be chatting to her all about that real soon. In the meantime, though, here is Joan Armour Trading and her classic from the bottom to the top. Tell all of my friends, so you have 
Trading there from the bottom to the top. It's 25 to 5. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James. Well, Ida Hobbit is the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Intersexism and Transphobia. And it's a happening thing next Thursday, the 17th of May. Uh, Federation Square is partnering with LGBTIQ organisations to celebrate Ida Hobbit. It's a happening thing Thursday evening. On the line, we have Lucy Foley from Queer Space at Drummond Street Services to discuss the event and I, The Hobbit, globally. Welcome, Lucy. Hi, James. How are you going? I'm very, very well. Let's start with the history of I, The Hobbit. Uh, Why was May 17 selected as its date? Sure. Um, Well, as far as I know, with um, I, The Hobbit, it it sort of goes back to... um, 1990, where uh, apparently the World Health Assembly uh, sort of, you know, we're going back, I guess, to this kind of awful period where um, homosexuality was um, listed as a, I guess, as a a disease or, you know, as a diagnosis, really. Um, And uh, so um, in 1990, it was taken off um, as listed as a diagnosis. And then... um, I guess the World Health Organization then later on uh, recognised that the sort of um, the main stresses and impacts and difficulties and uh, impacts you know around mental health for uh, people who are um, gay, lesbian, uh, trans, gender diverse, intersex um, are to do with experiences of homophobia, transphobia, intersexism, and biphobia. 
Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're the impacts of, I guess, social discrimination and, uh, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, a, uh, I guess as they saw it as some sort of psychological problem or disease. So, you know, a really important um, uh, shift in understanding. And it's really fascinating. I did a search on, on Google, and as the years have progressed since 1990, the uh, mm. events become more inclusive of the various yes. bits of the of the Rainbow family, if you like. So at the start, it was International Day Against Homophobia, and gradually you've had the bi bit added, the trans bit added, and now the intersex community added to it. So it's kind of like um, it's an evolution, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we find that here at Queer Space, and that's something that we really, you know, uh, want to pay a lot of attention to that, that I guess, um, maybe, you know, even not so far away, there's always been a, a strong focus on the on the L and the G, and maybe not so much on the B and the T and the I. And, um, and, you know, we're working to, to, I guess, yeah, bring the the T and the I and the uh, the B in, into LGBTIQ and, and into queer responsive services. Uh, and, yeah, as you say, kind of recognising, you know, the diverse experiences uh, and the diverse types of, you know, discrimination across across, I guess, the queer community and the intersections in the queer community. It's interesting, a lot of service providers are telling us on on In Your Face that now that the marriage debate has been won in Australia, many issues are getting an airing for other parts of the community that weren't, you know, being discussed that, that often because of the marriage debate and kind of like community concerns about keeping a lid on things. What are some of the yes. issues that, that people are telling Queer Space? Uh, have you seen particular issues emerging since that, since that shift, since that yeah. debate's been won? Yeah, I think, you know, you bring up a really important event that happened in the last year, um, James, around, you know, the postal survey and what impact that had uh, has had on the community. And, and certainly, you know, we were kind of, I guess, very much... Um, I guess there was some, you know, pressure there to kind of create a united face and a united front around that campaign and everyone got behind it. But there was also acknowledgement, I think, and, and we saw that too and, and we see that in the clients that we see too, that it um, it was also a time where there was a big sort of rupture and vent um, where, where there was phobia and discrimination that sort of was quite um, given a given a, a platform really to be expressed and it and it happened in families and it happened in relationships it happened in groups it happened in communities and it happened in the queer com- community too um, and but uh, as you say uh, you know thankful that that um, that that period has passed and the postal survey thankful there was a, a majority vote for for yes but now I think as you say it, it, it's opening up some uh, some spaces for, for other questions around what are the priorities, you know, in, in the community, what impact the Postal Survey had on trans and gender diverse people and communities um, and and the need to, um, I, I guess, also too, you know, some questioning around um, what, what the priorities are. We still have a lot of vulnerabilities around mental health and suicidality. I was going to ask you about that, actually, because I've just noticed over the last few months there's been a real community focus on mental health and also mental health around gender questioning and identity. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, I guess today just seeing the statistics that, that, that come out around sort of depression in particular, and I guess, you know, depression has that sort of pathway also around to, you know, suicidality, et cetera. And, um, and we know very well, you know, the sort of high risks are around depression and, and suicidality, for, um, uh, which as a result of um, homophobia and discrimination, and, but, but with particular groups, uh, especially, and just looking at the statistics now, you know, when you look at um, 25% of lesbian, gay, bisexual people experiencing depression, uh, as opposed to, you know, one in three of trans Australians, and that's compared to 6.8 of the general population. So those kind of statistics speaks for themselves. You know, you've got uh, five times, um, uh, you know, the representation of um, people who are trans and gender diverse experiencing depression related to, you know, 6.8% of the general population. So, you know, was, um, I, I think those kinds of statistics speak for themselves around um, the need for queer responsive services um, that meet the needs of the community but are also working, and Ida Hobbit Day is an important part of that, are working in the community to attack the causes of this, you know, the attack the causes of, of discrimination to 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 locate the problem where where it really is, um, which is a, you know a social and community wide problem around attitudes around absolutely um, and stigma yeah yeah and stigma um, and you know anything that really kind of paves the way for you know physical or verbal abuse or, or harassment, whether it's face to face, whether it's online, whether it's in families, whether it's at, in the workplace, whether it's in schools. Um, so, you know, that's the work that, that, that I guess we're wanting to do, not just at the individual level, but at the sort of broader group and community level as well. Are you finding at Queer Space and online culture and online forums and their growth is having an impact on, on the LGBTI community's mental health? Uh, uh, the sorts of forums that we're sort of getting involved in and setting up. Well, just um, um, just online stuff generally. Are you finding mm-hmm. that people that access your services are, are presenting with mental health issues or concerns that are being exasperated by, for instance, dating apps or, or you know, mm. even stuff happening on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think you know, social media does. Um, you know, it can be a place of connection, and it can be a really great place of connection, particularly for people who are, I think, coming out and, and want some sort of privacy or, or need, you know, or, or in a process of journey where, um, you know, online can be can be a great and supportive space in terms of connecting up with like-minded people. Uh, but I think also, like you say, yeah, the online space can also can be sometimes a risky and, and not so safe place and there can be calling out or, or yeah, definitely um, yeah, abuse and um, that's directed at people which, you know, and, and I guess, you know, I'm thinking um, particularly for young people too, I guess, you know, in, in school situations and, and students where, um, you know, there's can be some sort of vulnerabilities around social media there too. So, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely... And, and I think we've probably got some work to do in sort of catching up with those spaces. We've got our own, you know, I guess we use social media um, in queer space um, and, and wanting to engage more with, um, you know, creating positive and safe spaces, uh, or, that, you know, online. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, um, it, it, yeah, there's work to be done in that area too. 
So tell us about this awesome event that's happening at Federation Square to celebrate the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Transphobia and Intersexism. What can we expect? I hear there's some yeah. performances, some Q&As. There's lots going down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from what I'm aware, we've got this amazing lineup of uh, music and comedy, um, drag acts, dance and spoken word. So that's going from 5 to 9 p.m. at Federation Square. Um, Mama Alto, Mojo Juju, Yana Alana, just this, yeah, you know, it's the sort of star lineup basically. Um, in between those acts, there's organisations like ours. Um, so Minus 18 are, are leading the um, the event and uh, the national organisation from LGBTIQ youth. Um, Queer Space, City of Melbourne, Victorian Pride Centre, Fitzroy Legal Service, a number of others, Transgender Victoria um, and VAC, Switchboard, um, the community-based uh, phone counselling service, a number of Carers Australia involved in, I guess, presenting some short five to ten minute chats about our services and what we do and what we provide between these performances. So I think it'll be a really good combination of entertainment and celebration and some information connecting up with ways to, to support, uh, connecting up with different types of support. Just a fun, uh, you know, a fun night, but also I guess there's a serious side to it all, definitely. Um, but it's a night sort of for getting together and, and participating and uh, recognising the importance of Idaho Hobbit Day as a day that, we need to honour every day, really. Because um, we don't bring... often get all those services under the one roof for an event uh, that people can actually go along to and, and, and hear about the service that might be the one for them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a bit of a, a one-stop, you know, for tonight for um, for all the services, um, for hearing about um, all the all the, the different things that, you know, that are, that are offered and all the different um, places to get some support. So, yeah, I think it should be a great night. Um, I'm looking forward to heading along. Uh, and I guess maybe a little bit more about Queer Space, if, um, if listeners are interested too, because... Um, you're doing great work with the community. You're doing groundbreaking work with the trans and gender diverse community, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one of the um, really great... Uh, we do quite a lot of groups, so we have quite a lot of uh, groups that we, we run. Um, and one really great group we had recently, The Village, uh, was for parents of trans and gender diverse um, children. And that's been really successful. It was like an eight-week group. Um, and I guess we um, we have... Anxiety groups also that are, you know, I guess really uh, trans and gender diverse friendly. We have, at the moment, we've got we've got a program called iHeal, um, and the team of workers in iHeal have been presenting presenting some really amazing groups, so LGBTIQ friendly groups around everything from self defence to movement and dance to um, relationships, communication, and consent. Just this amazing. Uh, array of really great groups that are around, very much around um, recovery and prevention, around family and intimate partner violence. So I guess what I'd suggest for people who want to, who are looking for support, but also want to keep in touch with the different things that we do, there's different ways of finding out about us. We've got our website um, and that's through Drummond Street 
which is www.ds.org.au. But we're also online, so we're on Facebook, and you can find us either through Queer Space or Queer Space Youth, and that might be the best way to find out about, you know, we've got this day-to-day uh, counselling and support programs that people can link in with. But then we've got, I guess, um, and we, we do quite a lot of community events, um, partnership community events like Ida Hobbit Day next Thursday. Um, but then we've got things that come up, one-off ad hoc events that we do, and the best way to keep in touch with that is probably through our Facebook feed and website. So you're growing really quickly and you're actually addressing a lot of issues that kind of haven't been getting much of an airing. So it's incredibly wonderful that you're doing that. But you're also breaking down isolation, aren't you, by providing groups where people can meet and talk face-to-face, which is increasingly becoming a rare thing with the internet and, and online chat sites kind yeah. of you know, taking over the world. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. And that's something that – and I think um, that's a big focus of our CEO, Karen Field, is that – what we've set up here at Queer Space is a space that, um, you know, quite a lot of um, there's quite a lot of volunteer and community networks that we're linked with. Everything from Spectrum to uh, uh, Y Gender, FTM Shed, Transgender Victoria. We've got a whole lot of links and networks um, with ag- advocacy and act- activist and um, support groups here, and um, so. Yeah, you know, I think you're right, James. We're doing some really sort of innovative work here and we're uh, hopefully, I think, creating a really great safe space for individuals, for groups to come to. And we work right across the northwest, I guess. Um, That's something to keep in mind, that Drummond Street, we work across the northwest region. And even though we're located in Carlton, we've got a lot of capacity to kind of to to engage with people outside of, you know, the immediate area of um, the inner city and, um, you know, connect with people wherever they are. So people should feel confident that um, wherever you're living, wherever, wherever you are, to feel confident to look us up and give us a call and hear a friendly voice wherever you're at. Because people have said to me over the years that the northwestern suburbs of Melbourne are often a place where queer people hide under a rock, uh, particularly in suburbs, for instance, like Broadmeadows. So it's great that you're reaching yeah. into those areas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're out at Werribee. We're out at um, at Epping. Um, but, you know, occasionally we get, we get contacts, you know, through the phone, et cetera, from people even further afield than that. And, um, you know, so that's a real, I guess, sign that, well, one, it's good that the word's getting out around queer space, but two, that, you know, as you said, the importance of safe spaces and, and we want to we wanna continue to expand, um, you know, the safe, um, discrimination-free, friendly spaces for, um, you know, for, for the whole LGBTIQ community and trans and gender diverse community especially. Lucy Foley, thank you so much for talking to me today on In Your Face. Queer Space sounds like an incredibly dynamic and really, really important organisation doing wonderful work for the LGBTIQ community. And thanks heaps for joining me. It's been great chatting. Thanks heaps, James. See you Cheers. later. Bye. The wonderful Lucy Foley there from Queer Space at Drummond Street Services. It is 8 to 5. You are on In Your Face on 3CR. And here's Lord. Don't you think that it's boring how people talk? Making smart with the words again, well I'm bored. 
Zealand, that was Lord with Tennis Court. It's five to five. I am out of here. Thanks heaps to our guests. It was awesome chatting to Luke, uh, to Terry, Terry Gench, and also to Lucy Foley from Queer Space. Uh, the wonderful Jacob is up next with a Friday rave, taking us out. Uh, we're going to hear from Garbage. This is called When I Grow Up, and I'll catch you next week on In Your Face. Have an awesome weekend, everyone.
Watch my temper, I go mental. I'll try to be gentle when I grow up. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.